Hello and thank you for listening to episode 503 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is the return of the Review Roundup show, which covers, you'd better sit down for this, April 2022 right through to April 2023. We have got a good excuse though. That's 13 months. I haven't introduced you yet. Oh, shh. Shh, shh. How unprofessional of us. Um, yes, you've just heard the voice of, of course, who always joins me on these shows. It's Tina. Hello. 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 Would you like to say the excuse that we've got for not recording a review roundup show for over a year? Well, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Operations. Mm-hmm. Covid. Strap A. Lungs filled with fluid. Lungs filled with fluid. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the last, well, 18 months has been really shit health-wise for both of us. Yes. Even poor podcast mascot Bodie had an operation during that time. Did. So uh, that's... Could give him his proper name now. Poor gum. Gummy. <laughs> Gummy dog. Gummy dog. After having, how many was it? Four, 13. 14 teeth. Oh, 14 teeth. 14 teeth. Gummy Bodie. That's because name. Dave keeps giving him sweeties. I do not give him sweeties. Gives him sweeties. I do not. I exercise him regularly and make that sure. That sounds a bit rude. Only if you've got a filthy mind. Well, it everybody does. I, knows My that. mind would go nowhere near there. I think that says more about your mind, actually. So what's what are Bodie's favourite sweeties that you give him that made his teeth fall? <laughs> and how much how much how many cans of coke does he have? He has none. Nothing like that. He's very <laughs> That was my phone. I knew it was your phone. We're off to a great start, aren't we? Thinking no wonder you didn't record for thirteen months. If you like this. These are for anybody that hasn't heard these shows, of course. You may well listen to the entertainment shows with myself and Chris. And Tina joined us on one just a couple of episodes ago too. The best one, in fact. Was that the best one? The most <laughs> the most downloaded one that we've ever done. Uh they are uh Recommendations for all types of entertainment, of course, movies, uh, mostly, um, and a few video game things, documentaries, and so so on. This, um, these shows of me and Tina, where we recommend things that have been reviewed on the website, which I don't bring into the normal entertainment shows. So if you did miss the reviews on the web show, bleh, the website, that was what a Freudian <laughs> says slip. says a lot, doesn't it? If ever there was one on the website... Well, then uh, you can get heads up on some good stuff to watch with uh, what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Shall I be gentlemanly and say ladies first? Donkeys. Donkeys to you as well. What do you think of donkeys? I like donkeys. Donke- Which bit? Do you like the ears? It's got to be the ears, hasn't the it? The ears, isn't it? And the way they go, trotty, 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 trotty ears. Are you thinking about Shirley MacLaine and Clint Eastwood now? Well, that's a mule though, isn't it? Where she's like... Lightly tapping its bottom <laughs> as she rides off into the distance. That's a good film. Two Mules for Sister Sarah. But we're not talking about Two Mules for Sister Sarah. No. We're talking about EO, mm. which is uh, one of the more recent films that we watched. And, oh, yeah, yeah, where do you start with a film? There's so many films, you know, that we watch. Uh because we should say, of course, because we've not recorded one of these for 13 months, we've got 13 months worth of reviews to look back on. Yeah. This could have been like a 10-hour show. We've really had to, <laughs> to pick and really choose. Really cut it down. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, EO, 
which is uh, EO, yeah. a Blu-ray and DVD release from the BFI. Mm. We watched that not too long ago. Um, that was said. directed by Jerzy Skolimowski. It's a good name, that, I'm isn't glad it? you got to say names yeah. this time. Well, I'm better than you at I know. pronouncing I names. I think regular You're listeners terrible. know how shit I am at pronouncing yeah. names. So. so EO is a mostly black and white film um, spoken in, it's well, Spanish, Polish, Italian. Mm-hmm. And it follows the journey of a little donkey uh, who escapes the circus. And in the circus, he lives with his um, trainer or the girl that looks after him. And she loves him and pets him and hugs him and kisses him. But then the circus gets closed down because, as is right, circuses should not have animals in them. So they close the circus down and Eo goes off on a journey of discovery around various countries in uh, in Europe. And, and there isn't so much of a, a story. It's more like a picaresque tale. And it's as I've described it in my review, that a picaresque story is something like Tom Jones, where the central character is a bit of a rogue. He'll sleep with your wife and nick all your stuff and then disappear well, EO isn't like that, but there is still a picaresque feel about it. The way that he ends up in situations, gets sold, ends up in a fur farm, ends up in a, a, a another farm. It's just, it's one of those films that you've got to be in the right mood to watch, especially if you like animals, which most of us do, the vast majority of us you know, get affected by watching horrible stories about animals. And it is essentially a story, even though it stars an animal. But there were, but there were nine donkeys, weren't they? Were there no, six uh, no, or there nine? Six, don- six, six donkeys, donkeys who played read, yeah. EO. And you can't tell the difference between them. They're all absolutely gorgeous. But it is such a heart-wrenching film. And when we watched it, I just sat with a cushion on my lap thinking, don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this and I'm so glad that I did watch it. It's not a film I would ever watch again. I want to tell you what happens in it, but I can't because it would totally spoil. Yeah, because you go on a journey with yeah, this donkey. You go, yeah, you totally. And you yeah. see this journey through the donkey's eyes and yeah. what, what it experiences. And it's a bit of a roller coaster of a journey, probably with more downs than ups i think mm. looking back on it yeah but there are some ups in it and there's some parts of the film that make you feel good and feel good for the donkey not many things. though there are, no it just <laughs> it is basically a, a film about how absolutely shit human beings are and how how incredibly horrible some humans can be to beautiful animals yeah um so it's a really gut-wrenching film but it's one that needs to be seen. Uh, And in a way that, you know, I'm not saying, no, you need to watch this because of animal rights. And it is a beautiful film, isn't it? It looks, oh yeah. It's beautiful. Visually, even the the sound design on it. Yeah. um, There was, there was one part in particular where it was as as though it was from Koyana Skatsi. And Mm. you thought it was like Philip Glass doing the soundtrack to it. It was very ethereal, wasn't Mm. it? Yeah. Watching it and it would it's go quite from an that. ethereal film, it is, though, though, isn't yeah, it? It is, yeah. It's almost like a, a the dream of a donkey. The donkey's dreaming it all, even the horrible bits. But as I've said, it's not a film that I would watch again. But it's still one of my picks. So EO. Yeah, it's on my list as well. Um 
That's Is what, it? Yeah, yeah. I've got it on my list. That's why really? I know that because uh, I put down who released um, whatever's on my list, so I know that was a Blu-ray and DVD release by the BFI. But yeah, definitely recommended. Um, but yeah, have tissues ready because mm. I think you will get upset watching it. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to go way, way back. Um, what to the 1930s? To the 1930s. Are you going to knit the 1920s like knitting Nora on? Uh, Captain Pugwash. I thought you were going to say Nitty Nora, the bug explorer. I thought we were going to back to our school days then. <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers Nitty Nora, the bug explorer? Oh, we all do. Oh, my word. Do they still have those? Yeah, they did when I worked in a school. Yeah. But that was that's some time ago. But yeah, they used to have the knit nurse. <laughs> Coming in with those and you'd be there and you'd go home and then your parents would have that like ridiculously fine, like metal comb and put this shit on your hair that smell awful and then go th- through it and the knits still wouldn't go and they wouldn't they? go no. <laughs> they wouldn't go you'd be there like do you scratching. remember cracking knit eggs in your nails oh my god yeah. and they go yeah oh it's horrible why but, are we talking about knit but satisfying all the same i don't know <laughs> luckily we've not reviewed knits on the website <laughs> And I don't think it would be a recommendation. A recommendation I've got. Now, going back to, it wasn't long after we recorded the uh, the previous review roundup show, uh, we got um, the Blu-ray from Acorn Media called Superhost. And this is a film, it's about a couple who are in a relationship, a young couple, and they are vloggers and they're obsessed with their viewer count but the viewer count is going down and they're wondering, oh, what the hell can we do? Because all that matters is, you know, arbitrary numbers on the internet about yeah. the viewers and nothing else. They don't bother about real life. So they go to like a, a an Airbnb and they rent out and the uh, the titular super host is a woman called Rebecca, played by Gracie Gillum, who, gratuitous plug alert, I did an interview show with. And she was really, really nice. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, it's not the thing that one's on YouTube as well. I think that... I put that up online yeah. as a video show too, as well as the usual audio show. And at first all seems well and they're doing the vlog um, about the... Uh, and it's very well done as well, the way it's, it's filmed, it's, and it's a it? low-budget indie film as well, but what they do <clears> is, is really good. There's um, an appearance by Barbara Crampton in it, a very memorable appearance as well. And so they, they're doing this review of the accommodation and then they find that Rebecca is quite an unusual character. And there's something just a little bit off kilter with her. And she's then, very enthusiastic about everything. Really, isn't she? yeah. But you can tell as as the running time goes on, there's a few little signs here and there that mm, there's something not quite right about her. Uh, and then her behaviour gets more and more outrageous. Um, and again, with all of these, it would, we're walking a fine line between recommending and trying not to spoil mm. the entire story. Um, but the so the couple, the vloggers, then flip and they think, right, we need viewers. This is a person, this Rebecca, who could get us more viewers because of her, well, just her actions and what she's saying and what she's doing. So they start to follow her and Rebecca loves the attention that they're getting. But then everything goes a bit belly up. <laughs> to say the least. It goes a little bit belly up. You should up. mention the, the house in it as well is amazing, The isn't house it? in the woods, yeah, because they're out in, uh, in the middle of nowhere virtually. And the house is incredible. You know, it's somewhere I'd certainly stay there, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, and in their, in their search for more viewers, they definitely made the wrong decision to start filming Rebecca 
and it just go very wrong. Uh, and there's a, there's an amazing scene with um, with Barbara Crampton in it as well. She's not in it for very long, you know. If you if you're a huge Barbara Crampton fan, don't be uh, be buying or renting this, thinking oh you know she's in it all the way through. It's a, a small part, but a very memorable part. But for me, it's Gracie Gillum who absolutely owns this film. She's unhinged in it, isn't she? She is so good in it. But and she ramps it up as well. She starts off okay yeah, and builds up as the film goes that's on. That's it. There is a definite <clears throat> uh, character arc all the way through and it, she she plays it brilliantly, I think. And it's one I would love to see a sequel to it. Yeah. Again, without yeah. giving away the end, there is the possibility of a sequel to it. And it would, it would put you off a bit about going to an Airbnb type place, especially if it was out in the woods. And you'd, uh, I think this film would pop into my head. If we did that, if we went to somewhere in the woods and then somebody like uh, the character of Rebecca appeared, it'd be like, oh, shit, I've got to watch what we're doing. But, yeah, Superhost, it was a Blu-ray released by Acorn Media. Um, that's one of my recommendations. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. So what do you think about serious actors uh, taking on action roles? Uh yeah, I know where you're going with this, but I'm trying to think of some examples without going to the one that I know you're going to talk about. Were mm. the serious? I mean... You could flip it, couldn't you? Like, I've always wanted to see Sylvester Stallone in a really serious film, and I know that Copland mm. is like the pinnacle of... And maybe Rambo 4 as well. It's very serious. Copland is just such an amazing yeah, film. I mean, Rambo 4 is like <clears throat> high action, but I think mm. his acting in it, I think we've talked about it before, is like severely underrated. Yeah. His acting yeah. In, in Rambo 4. So is his acting in the first Rocky film as well. Oh God, yeah, um, definitely. And I think because of his career after that first Rocky film, he just became much like Arnie. Yeah. He, he can't, he, Arnie can't really play a serious mm. part, can he? But I think that, um, there's been a few films over the last, you know, sort of five to ten years that have placed serious actors in a part that have given it gravitas, I think. Um, an early example for me would be like Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. Jack Nicholson as the Joker mm-hmm. in the first Batman film. So this particular film that I'm going to talk about, which <laughs> you really liked as well, I remember, is called Clean. And it stars Adrian Brody. So Adrian Brody's delved into the world of action before because he was in Predators. Yeah. Was it Predators or Predator uh, he know, was in? But doesn't this say a lot because we recently I think went it was through Predator, all of it? the Predator films yeah. didn't we, a few months ago. So the very fact that the title hasn't stuck in a head. Might say a lot about that. Mm. So Adrian Brody's like an Oscar winner. He's been in oh God countless films. Like, yeah, loads. Just and he's known as as um, uh, as a quirky sort of actor that's normally in you know sort of not sort of highbrow films, but sort of Paul Thomas Andersony type films, something a bit off kilter, you know, the Brothers Bloom sort of thing. Um, so I really like him as an actor. Uh, but he had a lot to do with, did he direct Clean or produce it? Because I haven't written it down. But he had something to do with the making of it. He had I, a lot to do with it from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? I can't, I don't think he directed it. I think he he wrote it. Mm. He wrote yeah. it. 
So it's a story of, of a man and his name's Clean, hence the title of the film. Um, and it's pretty obvious that he's got some sort of backstory because he's poor. He um, drives cabs. He's he, As he sort of goes around, he picks stuff up, takes it home like a radio and mends it, takes it to a pawn shop, sells it. There's a young girl who lives by him um, and, you know, it's obvious her mum doesn't care about her. So he makes her healthy dinners and gives her a lift to school. And I suppose in a lot of films, you sort of think, oh, old man, young girl, he's being a bit mm, mm. weird. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that. He just really, really cares about her. You know, and again, you, you know, there's no secret that, that there's something going on in the background, but you never really know what it is. Um, and to me, this film was... I mean, it is a very violent film. Yeah. Uh, and it did remind me a lot of um, revenge fil- thrillers of the 1970s, like Death Wish. Uh, you also have a section in it as well that's got a big flashback to his past and why he now tries to be a good man and do good deeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the young girl who's called Deandra, she gets in, you know, she gets into drugs and falls in with a gang and nearly gets gang raped. And just so happens that Clean happens to see what was going on, ends up having this monumental fight, m- sort of similar to the one in Old Boy down the corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is an amazing, it's one of those fights that it's just worth watching the film mm-hmm. just for the fight. Uh but unfortunately, the one person he kills is the local mob boss's son. Um, now, I, when I write a review of a film, I, I always have a look at the other reviews, and Clean had across the board like terrible reviews. It did, like, didn't it? Yeah, terrible yeah. Terrible reviews, and I really don't get why. I don't know if it's the central perf- performance of Adrian Brody. Can't be though. He's like he's a really good actor, and he fits the part. He doesn't overact. He's not, you know, layering it on. No, he's very he's believable, he's very, yeah, isn't yeah. he? He's he is very believable. Restrained with the character. You know, he, he could is. have gone over the top with it, but he's not. He's he's very quiet. It's a quiet performance. Yeah, it's a quiet performance of a tortured man who yeah. just who's really changed his life. So there's a lot of story to it. You actually care about the characters. And the fighting and violence is in it is completely over the top. <laughs> but the sort of violence that you think, you know, if that happened to my daughter, I'd fuck you up just like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Clean is another one of my picks over the last year as well. I, t- I don't know anyone else that's seen this film. Um, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's a good choice because I don't know anybody that has uh, brought that up in any conversation about clean. Mm. And it's probably one of those, you know, that's just got hidden, washed over, yeah. forgotten by a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'd recommend that one too. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to move on to, it was a digital release from Vertigo Releasing. I don't know since then, since um, I reviewed it, if it's had a physical release. If it has... I'll be buying it to add to my collection. That's what you think. Because <laughs> I'll be buying it secretly and hiding it from Tina. Like, the, like the sweets that you give to Bodhi. See, so you're giving sweets. me this reputation as this 
giving him cans of Coke. Yeah, Bodie, have a drink of this fizzy pop. It'll rot your teeth. Yeah, here's a bag of sugar, Bodie. Bad, a bag of sugar. Ooh, can you imagine Bodie with a bag of sugar? He has the most healthiest food. He has. <laughs> Just to get back with it. He does that. He's a spoilt little shit because he has he has freshly cooked chicken. Yeah. Oh, breakfast, Bodie. Hey, here's some scrambled eggs for you. Scrambled eggs made yeah. with butter. Not too much butter, though. Not that's too a bit much. fattening because we always watch his weight. He, he, goes, he goes to there and uh, sprouts. Oh, he loves sprouts oh, he and loves carrots. Sprouts. Yeah, he does eat Cauliflower. Eat so... Cans of Coke. He does. He's never had a can of Coke back in his life. He doesn't even have a cup of tea. He has water. Actually, has he ever drunk anything apart from water? No. No. Except for Coke. <laughs> can of Coke. God. Imagine if you put a can of Coke in front of him. Even the fizzing of it would scare the shit out of him. Yeah. Is that pretty timid? He said, "What have you given me this can of Coke for? Where's the rum? Yeah, put, put the, some rum in it. The rum in it." <laughs> Uh, where was I? Yeah, digital release, Vertigo releasing, Cop Secret, uh, an Icelandic movie. It's oh, amazing. About, <laughs> about two cops. High five, Dave, for picking you, that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is another one, like Clean, actually. I'm sure not, not a lot of people have uh, heard about it. Cop Secret. So, yeah, set in Iceland, and it begins with this uh, shit-hot cop. He's the talk of the town. He's, you know, he's really good. Um, but he's a repressed homosexual and he doesn't really want to admit it to himself about his sexual feelings, uh, especially as all the women of the town are throwing themselves at him because <laughs> he is so good. Uh, and then uh, on the it's the adjoining town, there's another really shit-hot cop, uh, but he's open about his sexuality and he's gay. Uh, and it's through things that happen, again, without giving too much away, they have to join forces so, of course, the cop who's, who doesn't really want to admit to himself that he's gay is now teamed up with an openly gay cop. Um, some of the things, and it's not the way that they do this isn't in a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, um, confessions of a cop kind of way. I think it is done really well. There's certain things that happen. They're in the middle of a shootout and their hands just gently and accidentally brush against each other. And you and there's, there's there's just it's this... a bit it is a little bit corny, in, in way, but it's sweet. Yeah, but isn't what they it? do, it's th- sort yeah. of like oh, it, it ticks two boxes because what they do is they take every action movie trope mm. and take the piss out of it. Yeah. They take the piss out of that with all these things with like firing guns endlessly without having to reload car chases, anything that you can think of that's always put into action films. They put their spin on it and take the piss mm. out of it. But also they've got this um, relationship that slowly forms over the course of, of the film. And, you know, they dislike each other to begin. Uh, but because they're paired up and what they have to do together, the relationship starts to get a bit stronger. And I think you can guess the end, what's going to happen, really. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, you know how it's going to end. But the journey that it takes you on mm. as you get to that inevitable ending is, I found it quite touching. It was really good. I found it so funny. It, it is a it, funny it's film. It's definitely got, though, an Icelandic sense of humour. Yeah. You know when you watch a comedy film from another country and it could be from France or Spain or wherever, 
sometimes it can take you a little bit to get into their sense of humour because it's very different from country to country, isn't it? You know. Mm. Um, so it did take a, a little bit, but not too long. And then when it clicked, I just found it hilarious. And the and the action scenes in it, and again, this is a low-budget film, the action scenes in it were really good. There's some great shootouts and car chases and so on. But it's one of those where you really care for the characters. And, uh, yeah, I think it's one that's be not known by a lot, a lot of people, no. really, especially as it just had a digital release at the time mm. of when we reviewed it. Again, um, talking about it now. It's a sort of film that you probably would accidentally come across on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. And not never have heard of it, but yet you'd look at it and go, oh, the IMDb rating on this is like seven or whatever. Mm. And you'd watch it and nobody else would watch it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and probably the picture would put you off and the description of the film would put you off, yeah. but you'd be missing out, really. Because it is, even though it's about, <laughs> about two men getting it on, it's there's just, it's kind of corny. It's really corny it's, as well. It's just come to mind there's an amazing sex scene in it. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, if you're a fan of... Uh, gay cops. Gay cops. Yeah, if you're a fan of gay cops, well, this is a <laughs> this is a must watch. Also, if you're a fan of 80s action movies and want to watch a film that sort of takes the piss out of them a little bit, yeah. it's really good as well. It is good. So uh, yeah, cop secret Icelandic movie. Very good. I'm going to talk about yet another action film. Oh, my word. Well, I do. You see, it's a fallacy that women don't like action films, isn't it? As well, you know, David. Mm, Yes. Uh, You know, women like action just as much as men do. Uh, So the cover of this film, if you looked at it, you'd think, oh, this is going to be a film about MMA fighting. But it isn't really so much about MMA fighting Mm -hmm. as about, Men, the human condition, mm-hmm. men's attitudes towards themselves, hopelessness, depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, and having a bit of a fight at the end of it. Yeah. That's like me every weekend. Really, <laughs> you then. every yeah. weekend. So th- this film's called Embattled, and unlike Clean, unlike the the film that Dave's just talked about, don't know anybody who's seen this, mm-hmm. haven't yeah, yeah. heard anyone talk about it. Uh, so I'm desperately trying to think of what his name is. This is so... Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. I was going to call him you know, Kevin Turvey. Kevin. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Kevin Turvey. Where a, did that come as from? As ageing MMA champ. Yeah. Oh, God. That would... I'd buy that immediately. Kevin Turvey. If I'm sure there's people listening to this going, who the fuck is Kevin Turvey? Well, just Google Kevin Please. Turvey. And this, then, this is not yeah. a film about Kevin Turvey. No, unfortunately. It's it's a film about um, uh, an MMA fighter called Cash Boykins, Stephen Dorff. Mm-hmm. Famous, famous MMA fighter. Now, I, who's in it? Is Conor McGregor an MMA? Yeah, yeah. So he, that is the only MMA fighter I know. I don't know any real life mm. MMA fights not, not on my radar at all that sort of thing yeah we don't we don't watch it do we? um so he's you know he's fantastically wealthy and he's divorced uh, from his ex-wife he's got two sons one's like the, you know just a teenager and his other son who's a bit younger is special needs mm-hmm. and this will tell you what kind of a person cash is he calls his disabled son 
the tard, as in the retard. Yeah, that says that says a lot about his character. It says a lot about him. Um, and he's rather despicable, isn't he? He just treats people like shit. Oh, yeah. All he, the way through he it. He is so full of his own self-importance. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, he, so his eldest son, Jet, played by Darren Mann, who's very good in it. I haven't seen him in anything else. He wants to be an MMA fighter, um, even though his dad treats him like shit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, he 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 abuses him both physically and mentally, doesn't he? There's yeah, There's a lot he of does. mental yeah. abuse in yeah. it, the way that he yeah. talks down to him, and, yeah. Yeah. as well as hitting him as well. Well, because of his treatment of, of himself and his his special needs brother, he cuts ties with him. And then in true sort of, well, it's nothing like Rocky, but that sort of, you know, everything's going okay and then everything's shit and then you build it up to the big fight at the end. It turns out that his son, Jet, is, uh, he becomes an MMA fighter himself and he's got to fight his dad. And it's just, um, I don't I don't know, it's just one of those films again, you know, as I've mentioned, you do, you know, nobody's ever seen it. Yeah. The cover would put you off. If you, you would if look you at it. If you saw the cover, wouldn't you think it's you another think it one was, of those yeah. hundreds of fighting films that seem to come out like every month? And here's, oh, it's, and it's usually along the lines of, oh, somebody's brother has been put in prison wrongly. Yeah. And he has to go in prison and yeah. fight the thing. And yeah. get, or, you know, along those sort of lines. You'd think it was one of those. There's no, there's a bit of a fight at the end, but the whole film revolves around the characters. Yeah. And Stephen Dorff is amazing in it, isn't he? He's incredible Because he is, he is just horrible. Yeah. He's just, he's horrible about everybody, to everyone in his life. Because he's like a multimillionaire, lives in a mansion. The mansion's full of Playboy girls, you know, he's... It's just, he's fabulously wealthy. Yeah. His ex-wife and his sons are living in poverty, like in downtown, wherever it is they live. So it's, um, it's just, oh, it, it's, it's an unusual rites of passage film. It is. That you would look at the cover of and be completely mistaken. Yeah. I can see it. people who would either buy or rent this thinking they were going to get this. All that like action yeah, film with loads of fights. MMA fights and then... They get a family drama. It's a family drama that plays yeah. out before them and they go, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah. And being disappointed. But I don't think you should be. Because I've got to admit, I thought going into it, like I said earlier, it's always oh, it's going to be one of those and there'll be the fight and there'll be whatever revenge for something. But because of Stephen Dorff and the entire cast, to be fair, the performances of everybody is really good. It's a cracking story to mm, it. It is. And it drags you along. And but it's, it's, it's over two hours long as well. Oh, and the time just flies yeah, it in does. it, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah, Stephen Dorff is so good in it because he is so horrible. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those characters that you love to hate him. Mm. All the way through, you're going, you're a complete and utter bastard. Yeah. But you're transfixed by him mm. on screen uh, and what he's going to do. And that, this is a difficult film to watch as well. Like Clean is, is this, you know, a redemption story. This is sort of, but not really a redemption story. Mm-hmm. But out of the two of them, I could definitely watch this film again. Oh, yeah. yeah. And maybe, you know, if I had a choice between Clean or, or Embattled, I would, I would pick Embattled 
to yeah. watch again. It's a really great film. So yeah, yeah, yes. But I think the caveat is don't go in wanting a fighting film, a big fighting film, because you're not going to get it. You're not going to get that, but you are going to get a bloody good film. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, my next recommendation, it was a Blu-ray release from Second Sight Films, who, if you do read the reviews on the website, hopefully you do, you'll know that they, oh, they do incredible, incredible work. Their packaging, the extras, the work that mm. they put into the picture and sound are all really, really good. Uh, and this was one. I remember we, we watched this and I'm not sure why... You might have been busy doing something anyway, but it was on. Hmm. Um, but I know it got to the end of it and you weren't as enthused about it as I was. And it's Bull starring Neil Maskell. Hmm. Um, again, gratuitous plug. I uh, did an interview show with him. Um, so go and listen to that. And so Neil Maskell plays Bull and he's been missing for 10 years. And he comes back to this town to seek revenge Revenge for what, you might be asking. <laughs> Where has he been for 10 years, you yes. might be asking. What's he been doing? Uh, none of which I can tell you, which makes it a tricky one to recommend. I went into it, um, which you should. Don't be reading anything else about it if you've not heard of this. Uh, I went into it knowing nothing whatsoever. And I found myself, as it was going along, asking the questions that, that you might be asking now. Those will... Where's he been? What's he? What's what's going on? And there are flashbacks that happen, and sometimes it makes things a little bit clearer, and other times it makes things a little bit more confusing. Uh, the first thing that hit me was, I mean, Neil Maskell. Here's another great performance. We were just talking about Stephen Dorff. I think Neil Maskell in this is great. Yeah, he is. And he always plays a really good, intimidating hard man, even though uh, we talked about this in the interview. You know, his stature. It's not like his you know, six foot four and built like a brick shit house. Mm. It's, you know, it's just that he can convey that... Unhingedness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he could just totally flip at any point. The the classic, you know, I wouldn't spill You're his, a bit his like pint. That. Am I like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, Nobody would spill my pint, would they? Or your can of Coke. Or my can of Coke that I'm just about to give to Bodhi. <laughs> Is this going to be like a, a running this the, joke This is now? the kind of Coke episode, isn't it? Yeah. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> Ka-ching. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's, he, is, he is really intimidating. And quite often during this film, he flips just in an instant. There is some violence in this. Now, I've, you know, I grew up watching horror films and, all sorts, you know, you see all sorts of effects and things going into eyeballs and, <laughs> you know, limbs being chopped off and people being blown up. Uh, there's some violence in this that shocked even me. It was like, holy fuck. I couldn't <laughs> believe that I've just seen you. And you could feel it. It was so intense. Um, and then eventually you find out why he's been away for 10 years. And it's got... I was going to reference a film and then say, oh, it's very much like Blab. If I say the name of the film... Yes, it's don't. Going, and it's you know what much, film I'm going to say. It's very much like a certain Western. Yeah, that it is very if we much. mentioned it, we'd completely spoil it yeah, for you. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil, yeah. spoil it and for you. And that's the reason didn't resonate with me as much as it did with you. Even It was almost like it was completely transposed mm. from mid 
from you the know, Western Times to yeah, modern day. To London. Yeah. In a caravan park. Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, much like you know, we hated Stephen Dorff, his character in it. Um, there's a I didn't write the the actor's name down, unfortunately, uh, but there's an actor in it who is despicable. The character is despicable, but the actor plays it so well that much like with Stephen Dorff's character in Embattled, his character in Bull, you're thinking, oh, you bastard. And you want bad things to happen to <laughs> him. Mm. Um, and they may or may not. You'll need to watch it to find out. But if you want a violent uh, revenge um, film This with... isn't a new film either. It's, it was a re-release, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, second sight, have just, you know, put their love into it like they always mm. do and put loads of extras oh, they're, onto they're it. their box sets are amazing. They are so good. Um, but if Bull passed you by back in the day and has done once again so far... Uh, and you, you know, you don't mind a bit of violence and being intimidated by Neil Maskell on film, I can highly recommend Bull. Well, talking about Second Sight, this isn't one of my picks, but I'll just mention the last film that we reviewed from Second Sight. It's Picnic at Hanging Rock. You mm. did an interview with one of the stars as yeah, well. Yeah, Karen Robson, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those films that you may have seen Uh it's a whole different experience. Isn't it so different on, on this, this release? On this 4K yeah. release, yeah, so that's highly recommended as well. So my next film, I'm going to pick one of the great films of British cinema and as much been lauded since it came out, you know, it's been a favourite. People pick it and put it top ten of their lists. But I, I think it's one of those films, much like Citizen Kane, where everybody says, it's the best film ever. But they've never seen it. Mm. So my next pick is um, Get Carter. Obviously not the Sylvester Stallone version. Oh, bloody hell. I've never actually seen it. Have you not the seen sly one. Right, that's yeah. on the watch yeah. list now then. Uh, it's the story of Jack Carter, played by Michael Caine. Has one <laughs> of the best... That was uncanny. That could have been him sat Michael Caine. That was... <laughs> I like Michael Caine. You forgot, only got to blow the bloody doors off. I sound like Blakey off on the buses. <laughs> oh, there's he. Oh, there's some more casting. Blakey oh, as... as Blakey. Oh, in Get Carter. In Get Carter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack Carter, played by Michael Caine. But one of the best beginnings of a film ever. Mm. Music the train going from uh, London to Newcastle. I can't even do that accent either. <laughs> I, I'm going to drop the accents from now on. So Michael Caine isn't the head honcho London gangster. He works for someone else. And his boss says, uh, Oh dear, Jack Carter, your brother's dead. But don't you go to London to find out what happened to him. And what does Michael Caine do? Gets on a train, mm -hmm. goes to Newcastle. Because he knows that something's his brother's a bit of a ne'er do well uh, involved with the mob, maybe, maybe involved with porn. It's all very icky and seedy and grey. So he goes to Newcastle and meets like his extended family, old friends. It's just a slice of life and, and really um, an important film for when it was made as well. Because, you know, films have been made probably since In the Town was one of the first films that was made, you know, on location in New York. Well, the filmmaker actually went to Newcastle and filmed all around Newcastle. And it and you can tell as well 
the colour of it is just, it's just grey, isn't it? And yeah. slime green. Yeah. One really good thing that I read is Alex Cox, who used to do Videodrome. All you old viewers, listeners even, will know what, who I'm talking about now. He describes this film as nasty, along with all the other good UK films like Mona Lisa. And it is nasty. It's as nasty mm -hmm. as as uh, Brighton Rock. It's as nasty mm -hmm. as Dead Man's Shoes. Well, it was, uh, Dead Man's Shoes came after it, didn't yeah, it, as yeah. well? So it was It was filmed in 1970. And uh, it's very naturalistic as it well. Is, do, yeah. you, do you think yeah, so? Yeah, definitely very naturalistic. It's like, yeah. Even though it's, you know, a film and there's dialogue, the way yeah. it's, it, it could comes also, over. Yeah, it could almost be sort of a fly-on-the-wall documentary in a way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I don't, again, you know, it's really difficult to explain to somebody. You could, it's one of those films you can write an essay about, like an academic essay about Get Carter, which is all very well, but the core of it and the really important thing to me is that it's a bloody good film with a really great story. Mm -hmm. Michael Caine is amazing in it you know yeah, later yeah, on yeah. you know he's been in he's been in so many films but i think for me i mean i really like him in the Chris file which is like early 60s but hit the pinnacle of his career for me for michael kane is jack carter and get carter mm. it is a stunning piece of cinema story the way it looks the soundtrack the characters the dialogue, it's or it's gripping. So it gets uh, five stars off me, Get Carter. After, Next. After, <laughs> after hearing you talk about your love of Get Carter, yeah, I can already imagine what you're going to say when we watch the Stallone version of it. Oh, God. Well, I, I should, I and, should and also words, mention... Those words will be, oh, my God, this is even better than the Michael Caine one. I doubt it very much. Does he go... To, is it based in America, the sly one? It's in America. Yeah, yeah well, of course, it's stupid. Actually, oh, slap me in the face. I could be wrong. I th think it is. Because it was Mickey Rourke. Um, it was sort of one of his comeback films in other... See, you're even more interested now. Yeah, can't wait. Mickey Rourke. I bet I Michael Caine's in it, isn't he? I haven't watched it in a long, long time, actually. So we are no, due. I've never seen it. I'm definitely due a rewatch of it. I, I should also mention before I finish that, that it's a BFI film and it's a 4K release. Mm. It's just beautiful to look at. It's really beautiful yeah. and a great film. Again, you know, classic film. You may ne never have seen it. Check it out. It's so worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention a documentary. It was released on... No! Yeah, I know. Me and documentaries. Uh, a Blu-ray, DVD and digital release from Acorn Media. And it's called This Is Guar. Again. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, oh, this is turning into the show of not only... Um, Coke. 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 <laughs> and me, gratuitous um, interview plug. Uh, I did an interview show with them. And that is on YouTube as well. Uh, like all good documentaries... For me, they have to be entertaining and informative, uh, have moments of going, ooh, I never knew that. <laughs> and this has plenty of oh, all it does. of them. Now, I will say, you, know, you first of all, you might be saying, well, this is Guar. Who is Guar? And you could well be right in saying that because they're not like a huge – they're a group. They're a – I'm hesitant to call them a rock group because the – 
genre of music is they're more pu- punk, more punk I than think, yeah, it's the yeah. sort of a punk slash rock um, band that have been I going. I was getting mixed up with Lordy. Yeah, I know. It's because I think of their... because they wear all the costumes. Once they say that, you might go, "Oh, that's who Guar is." But again, like Tina, you might be getting them mixed up. Yeah. Uh, with Lordy, they've been going a long time, and they've had various band member changes. Tell me, Dave, have you ever interviewed Lordy? Actually, <laughs> gratuitous plug. I should put a gratuitous plug. Yeah. Sound drop into these shows. Yes, I have actually. Oh, yes, people can go that. and listen to me chatting with Mr. Lordy as well if they go back through our shows. Um, yeah, so, you know, they play these characters on stage and the band member changes they've had, um, you know, they... they Sometimes they'll put on the same costume or this will change the costume and so on. This, don't be put off if either A, you've never heard of Guar, or B, you have heard of them and you go, oh, I don't really like oh, I don't really music. like them. No, it's it's good, isn't it? This is yeah, such an entertaining um, and informative documentary, but with entertaining at the heading of everything. Um, and it is quite... There's characters in it, again, not characters, because these are people, these aren't characters. These are real people. They play characters on stage. The people in it, the history of the band, the way it came together from artists, actually, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, people doing yeah. art and so on. Uh, and, of course, any band that has been going so long, there's people's relationships get strained, words are said, things are done, it's all broken up. And I was gripped all the way through it. And I would recommend this. If you just want to watch an entertaining documentary, forget about if you've never heard them or you don't like them, I can heartily recommend it. (laughs) I wasn't going to say I can guarantee you'll enjoy it because then you'll get people, I watched it and I didn't. And you guaranteed that. I don't like their music and I thought it was really good. You really enjoyed it too, didn't you? I really liked it, yeah. You did. So, yeah, no matter what you think of Guar, give give it a watch. It's well worth watching. Hmm. Yeah, so my love of cinema comes mainly from my dad, who, as we're recording on a Sunday afternoon, normally Sunday afternoons, to sit on the sofa with dad, watch whatever film was on BBC One before Skippy started at half past four. Skippy, Skippy. What's that, Skippy? Skippy the bush kangaroo. Bobby's gone down a well. <laughs> Has he? That was it. That was it. All it was. Skippy did was... And then... I mean, got, that, yeah, yeah. go on. Yeah, go, oh yeah, I put you off now. Go you put on. me off now. I put you off after Skippy finished. The Golden Shot will be on. Oh, Bob Monkhouse. Bob Monkhouse. That's how old shot. I am. Yeah. So my dad, my dad, absolutely obsessed with like Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, and westerns. Uh, so he he really liked old school actors, and one of his favourites is one of Dave's least favourite actors, and that's Burt Lancaster. <laughs> Uh, So my other pick, another pick, is another staple of American cinema, actually, that's, again, lauded as a a masterpiece, a classic. Oh, oh God, I must choke then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was the hand of Burt Lancaster strangling me. (laughs) (laughs) So Burt stars as Ned Merrill. And he seems to be your atypical 1960s, successful, misogynistic, affluent American businessman. But what's he doing standing in your back garden in his skiddies? In his skiddies? <laughs> in his sk- so I should explain skiddies are very tight little pants, not trousers, but like underwear. 
but they're not. They're bathing trunks. But yeah. yes. So so Bert used to be a trapeze artist in the circus. So he was quite muscular. And even though he was knocking on a bit, he still got the bod. He was still in good shape one. when he made this. Still yeah, got yeah. the bod in this. But it's um it's a film that when we got offered it, um, I said, oh, yeah, I'll watch anything with Burt Lancaster. Elmer Gantry, one of my favourite films. Sweet Smell of Success, Tony Curtis, fucking amazing film as well. Uh, yeah, definitely The Swimmer, because I remember my dad really liking this film, but I can't really remember what it's about other than he swims across people's <laughs> swimming pools. And that's what he does. And it is quite a surreal film that's yeah. almost an allegory for the American dream mm -hmm. because Ned is handsome. He goes to all his neighbours, but he's swimming back home across his neighbours' swimming pools. And it's not a case of like next door, you swim across the pool, next door, swim across the pool. You have to walk two miles because he lives in a mansion. Uh, he'll walk through a forest and then go to another neighbour and they're having a party. So we'll join in the party and then swim across their pool and go to the next neighbour. And it, and it is really weird because as the story goes on, you start wondering, is he mad? Is he like, does he need help? Is he like mentally unstable? Because he's talking about his family and I'm sort of getting the feeling that he hasn't got mm. a family. That um, where's his wife? Why is he alone? Are his children that he keeps talking about? Yeah. Are they actually real? Uh so, yeah, it's, you know, again, you know, I could tell you what happens in the film and that would spoil it. But it is a very, it's a film of its time. Mm -hmm. I thought that it had aged really well because it's above being pinned to the 60s personally. You might have watched it and thought, this is so 1960s, it's like Sweet Charity without the songs. <laughs> you know, but I... Uh, I think it's it, it's surreal and the dialogue is very almost stilted. They talk to each other like this. Where is your wife? Let us go to the party now. Would you like a drink? Mm. But it fits perfectly with the story and with the end yeah. of the story as well. And, and Bert Lancaster, because Dave, you always say that Bert just plays Bert. Yeah, it's it's a he running. Can't... It's always been a running joke for many many years with yeah. between me and a good friend of mine, and we've always said, starring Bert Lancaster as Bert Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's whenever we'd watch, and it, we'd just laugh that Bert Lancaster would come on screen in any film, and it's. Bert Lancaster. Yes. And he'd do that. I sort um, of agree with you there. Yeah, but he I is, I, I I, mean, it, first of all, it is, this is such a great film uh, and he is really good in it uh, and fair play for doing an entire film in, as you described them, his skiddies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not a lot of people would do that, but it's one of those that a lot of films as, you know, the narrative progressive progresses, um, it starts answering a lot of the questions that mm. it's put before you at the beginning of it, whereas this sort of flips it on its head. And the more you go into it, there's more questions yeah. to be asked. You're going, yeah. whoa, hold on a minute. Why is that? And then it lays on another question for you. So it all plays in reverse in a lot of ways, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. For the way that a film would normally progress. And you're going, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Why is, yeah. Here's another. Oh, why has he said that now? I thought I'd got it figured out. And now he's said this or somebody has said something to him. And you go in, you're scratching your head again, mm. yeah. which takes you along the journey. Even you want to find out more, you go. Mm. In, 
is that going to be And answered? it is a journey, isn't it? It is a journey. In more ways than in, one. In, yeah, yeah in yeah. definitely more ways than one. It's a Yet journey. Yet another film that I picked that's about men's angst. <gasps> oh, dear. <laughs> Over to you. Over to me. I'm going to pick... I'm, we're in the lucky position that um, a lot of people get in touch with us asking if we will review um, films, video games, music, etc. Uh, and we got an email through um, about a new boutique... Um, Blu-ray firm over here in the UK called Radiance Films. And I said, yeah, of course, love to. We always help to promote mm. in whatever way we can, um, as many people as we can. And one of their first releases was a film called Big Time Gambling Boss from 1968, uh, a Yakuza film, which you'd think, oh, there's going to be a lot of chop socky and swords, katanas are going to be mm. out, and it's going to be one of those. No, this is a true character piece that you didn't watch actually um i remember watching it by myself one afternoon and was just enthralled by it because again i went into it thinking oh there's going to be some fighting and there's a little bit to be fair but there's not much but it's all about incredibly well-written characters and the story of it is uh, about the yakuza and the not the backbiting, but the, the lies and deception mm. going on to try and get to the top of the tree and be that person in power. Um, again, I'm, I, I don't want to give too much away mm. as I'm talking about it. But What year what, was it made? Is 68. It's an old 68, film. Yeah. Yes, it's an old one. Um, but I don't want people going into it expecting an all-out action movie mm. because it is far from that. It is a proper character piece where I remember you watching this a few weeks ago and saying to me that it was really great it's it's really really good <clears throat> um if you like a gripping story twists and turns to it you th again you think something's going to happen and then somebody does something untowards or double crosses somebody um yeah that, mm. that's all I'm going to say I know it's not very much about it but I do want to recommend big time gambling boss Right. Mm. Oh, right. Right then. So let me go to my notes. You better clap here because it's gone off. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave this bit in. Yeah. I'm not clapping here. Because I was going to talk about a totally uh, different film then because uh, I nearly <laughs> forgot. I nearly oh, forgot this oh. film. Oh, okay. What did you nearly forget? I nearly forgot a film that for years... Um, I, I went to university late and I uh, did history and film studies, but history was the main thing that I did. But because I had two subject, it meant, subjects, it meant I had to write two dissertations. And my dissertation for, for film was Women in Horror. Uh, and I had a choice of two films. One was Last House on the Left, which was the one that I picked and wrote about in depth a film that I hope I never, ever watch in my life again. And the other film was I Spit on Your Grave and I watched it and I absolutely hated every second of it. Um, made in 1978, recently had a 4K release and you talk to, gratuitous plug again, oh, it... <laughs> the son of the director, <laughs> look on the website. Uh, so I, you know, again, you know, we watch we watch at least a film a day. And the majority of them are uh, for review. 
So I sat with Dave and I said, I will watch this with you because it's been tw over 20 years since I've watched it. And I'm always interested because I think, well, I know for sure that I can watch films now. Picnic at Hanging Rock being a very recent example of watching it back in the day and thinking, this is a lot of crap. I'm watching it now and thinking, this is an ethereal masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I watched I Spit on Your Grave and was completely blown away by it and took it as a 58-year-old woman completely differently from a 35-year-old woman and completely differently again from a early 20s woman, because that's when I first saw it on video. Uh, again, you know, classic of horror cinema. Don't have to tell you the story. It is a revenge. It's even been called porn revenge because she, like, cuts one bloke's cock off. I'm not giving away any secrets here. It's infamous for her brutal rape, which is brutal. Uh, well, rapes plural. Well, yeah, rapes. They're not. They're not overtly realistic. They're very filmic, as is her revenge on the men that raped her. But it's um, as a young woman, I thought it was uh, unnecessary and slanted towards uh, the men. That it was a man's story, and. It was on this watch. Again, you know, I haven't watched it for over 20 years. <clears throat> that it is not that at all. That it is probably one of the most um, amazing films in the defence of women and their sexuality that I've seen, considering it's so... I mean, really knocked me for six and I sat with my mouth hanging open at the end of it and asked Dave to tell... The person that he interviewed, I can't remember his first name. Was it? It's Terry Sarchi, isn't it? Yeah. The director. So his son. No, that's his son. Oh, it was Terry yeah. is his son. Yeah. Uh, I wanted him to say to him, you know, that I really appreciated it, uh, you know, like big time. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not going to go into the story because, you know, it's it's one that is just infamous, isn't it? But if if you're a woman listening to this and you've always been a bit like, no, I'm not watching that. Because of what, you know, I spit on your grave. Everybody knows what it's about. Change your mind and watch it. Mm. It's, an, it's an amazing film. Very low budget, very sparse, very visceral. But the characters in it, especially the character of the protagonist in it as, as well. I, I actually would be really interested if there are any women out there who watch it who've had a similar experience with that film or other films, like, you know, other horror films. Last House on the Left, for in instance, is a film that after I wrote about it, I swore, and I haven't watched it since, the thought of watching that film actually makes me feel physically sick to my stomach. I hated it so much and what it said about women. So I suppose I should revisit it, really, because, mm -hmm, you yeah. know, in view of me watching I Spit on Your Grave and being knocked out by it, perhaps it is time. You know, it, it's amazing how maturity and age makes you view film differently, yeah, yeah, it does. isn't it? Yeah. So there you go. I Spit on Your Grave, 4K release. Mm. Highly recommended. I remember as well, the original title of I Spit on Your Grave was Day of the Woman. Yes. Which is, you know, they just changed the title of the story 
about mm. how the title changes and the cover and everything, who people, again, I'm sure, will know this already, but the, the old VHS cover of the the rear view of the woman yeah. um, was taken from a photo of uh, it was Demi Moore. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's confirmed well, that, it, it, that yeah. it is is her. Uh, <coughs> but yeah, and then watching this because you know I watched it a few times on VHS. Looks uh, like it was made yesterday oh, as well. Wow, doesn't the it? picture quality on this is incredible. Mm. It's one of those again where it's you know, it's a cliche to say, but it is like watching it for the first time because mm. the colours just pop on it and yeah. it's crystal clear. It's uh, yeah, it's a really good release. Um, I talked about Radiance Films, another new. UK distributor is Treasured Films and their first release uh, reviewed recently on Look the website. Look at you smiling. I know, it's, you've just got a massive grin on your awesome. face. The Last Hunter, which I hadn't seen like way back when. Uh, the type of 1980s low-budget stupid action uh, that is my bread and butter. Um, I can't believe you called it stupid. Stupid in the best possible taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's about um it begins in quite literally an explosive manner um when a character gets blown to bits uh, <laughs> which leads to this soldier going back into into Nam um because Say it properly. Nam uh, for the most ridiculous reason that um the VC are have put propaganda over the airwaves, so this guy is sent back in back into Vietnam to stop this propaganda. What being... is a propaganda? Propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. Is oh, it a goose? Americans are bad. They want you to do. You know, all the. Is it a goose? Where did that come well, from? Propaganda is oh, a male I've goose. I've got it now. I've got it. A propaganda is yeah, yeah <laughs> as opposed to an impropaganda. Yeah. yeah, one with one with pants on, one without, one without pants. The one without is the impropaganda. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, he goes back, and there is um, there's a bunch of sh- uh, soldiers and their major that have caught behind enemy lines, and they're in what was an old VC underground bunker. Uh, and he finds that. How are you even talking about this with a straight face, Dave? <laughs> You're it's like, funny because let's have an intelligent conversation yes, about this film. That's Go on. because then, and we've just talked about rape, and then there's there's going to be another rape. There was going to be another. There was going to be another. It's all this woman almost gets gang rapes by a load of the soldiers until the major stops um, happening. How do, how does he stop them from he's, raping her, Dave? He stops them by going chaps. Now it, this is not a very good thing to do. So no. so you you sir over there, and you you soldier boy. I want you to run across, out across where all the VC are, and I want a coconut from that tree way in the distance. So while you're running over there to get my coconut um, and zigzagging all these VC that are shooting at you, um, we're going to play some very silly music and we're going to have this as an... Would it be like Benny Hill music by any chance? Yes, reminded us of Benny Hill, as though it was a Benny Hill chase, (laughs) immediately following a woman almost being gang-raped. There is so much... It's the it's one of the most bonkers. Films. It is crazy. But it's like it's like I loved it. Yeah, I loved it as well because it was so stupid. Yeah, but entertaining. Hugely because the, entertaining. Because that rape bit you're just talking about, we were watching it, and I went, "Oh, this is a bit." Yeah, isn't it? This the is getting a bit serious. You know, they were going to rape yeah, yeah. her, and there was like ten of them. Yeah, and then the next thing is like I. 
I want a coconut. Go over into the jungle. <laughs> you mean over there, up there? Yeah, go and get me a coconut. Yeah. And, it, and then this music starts and he's running through the jungle and all like the beasts are shooting at him. Before, right, so he's there, almost raped the woman. Right, you know what I'll do? Before I've got to run through the jungle while the VC is shooting at me, I'll put on a bright red cap. <laughs> so I'll be easier to see <laughs> as I do know. it. Maybe it was his lucky oh, hat. I don't goodness. know. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those that is very, very silly, but very, very it's entertaining. It's now sold out, isn't it, this I'm film? Not, I'm not so, I mean, they put stuff together. You've got a poster with it. If you ordered from their website, you've got a, a bunch of stuff with it as well. And very well presented and, and packaged. So keep your eye on future releases from Treasured Films. Definitely. And definitely if you see any copies, like say it's sold out now, but if, if any come up on eBay or anywhere. Um, Grab it. Yeah, The Last it's Hunter. It's worth it. It is. <laughs> yeah, so from that comedy extravaganza, <laughs> we go to one of the most, oh my God, how to explain this film. So... Like Get Carter is one of the paragons of British cinema. I also think that Nil by Mouth is another very difficult film to watch, um, but also right up there, you know, when it comes to brilliance in film. The only film Gary Oldman has ever directed. I don't know why he's never directed another film, mm -hmm. but this is, at the time, it was, every, the critics loved it. And the BFI's re-release on 4K of it is just incredible. It's um, So I wrote a really long review about uh, Nil by Mouth on it. And again, you know, having seen it when it first came out, I found it a really hard watch because of what happens in it. I'm watching it again. It's just still as hard to watch. But but again, you know, maturity and age and also watching so many films gives you a different viewpoint on it. Um, it's not it's not a slice of life in London. It, it's a full frontal attack of poverty and being working class of men who don't work, men who do deals and eke out a living selling drugs or, you know, something falls off the back of a lorry and you sell it and all your mates don't work. It's it's like that ethos that things have never really changed for these families for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. All the men have done time in prison. All the women keep the families together Um it's a film filled with rage and self-pity. It's a film that I think a lot of people think that it's a film about men and um, their psyche, their psychosis, mm -hmm. their their lives, their, their, the way they rule families, the patriarchy, but... One thing I, I took away from this film this time that, that kind of surprised me a lot was that, and why I, I think it's such a shame that Gary Oldman never found anything else to direct or felt that he that he wanted to direct again. Uh, it's a film about 
about the strength of women. And this is what I really did take from this this new version of it. Well, it's the same film, but watching it now, it, it, it is about the strength of women and also the acceptance of their fate, that nothing changes and they just sit there and take shit off men forever and ever and ever. Except that in this film, um, again, you know, it's really difficult to talk about films. You know, if you don't want to give the plot away, something happens in it uh, where the the wife of... Um, well, I've forgotten his name. How could I forget Ray Winston's name? <laughs> God's sake, Ray Winston, sorry. Yes, Ray Winston is, is the main bloke in it and he is just fucking horrible. He's vile. He yeah. is vile. But after he's beaten somebody up, he cries and cries and feels so sorry for himself because he's had a shit life. But he's he's just a monster. And he he gives his wife, who is played by Kathy Burke. Now, people in Britain will know Kathy Burke for such things as Waynetta Slob in um, <laughs> Harry Enfield. She's, you know, a Wayne. She's oh, just a comic genius. I'm having a fag. fag. Yeah. yeah. And she was um, Perry as well. Uh, with, in Kevin and Perry. In yeah. Kevin and Perry as well. So she's like a comedy legend and she's on, on our telly all the time. She does documentaries about all sorts of things. But she's a, sort, she's a bit like Miriam Margulies where Miriam Margulies says whatever the fuck she wants and so does... So does Kathy Burke, and she is a national treasure in Britain. Everyone loves her. But her acting in this is um, is just incredible and touched me in a way because way, way back in my past, I went through something similar to her and recognised the look on her face where she gets to a point where she just, she's on a, a set of stairs and he her husband has nearly beaten her to death and she looks at him and you can tell just by that one look it says you just fucking kill me I just don't care anymore just fucking kill me get it over with and it's absolutely heartbreaking the script is amazing there's not much of a story it could be like the year in a life of this close-knit family in London. The way it's filmed is very close up. You can't escape the characters. It does a lot of filming in living rooms where you're sitting on the sofa, you're watching it's, everything yeah, close up. It's very, very claustrophobic. It is. It which is. makes everything yeah. that much more uncomfortable. Even, do you know, talking about it now, look at the mm, goosebumps yeah, yeah, on yeah, my yeah. arm. Yeah. Just talking about it, it's just, it's just the most horrible brilliant film and is right up there with get carter and unmissable if again mm. another film yeah yeah i've heard of it but i've never seen it you've got to be in the right mood for it oh god yeah, yeah. you've got to be feeling okay to watch nil by mouth but good god yeah. what an ex you a are, cinematic you, yeah. experience yeah you are gonna feel uncomfortable watching yeah, it you will definitely you will it's a brilliant yeah. brilliant film yes 
Well, speaking of brilliant, brilliant films, and if you thought The Last Hunter sounded a bit bonkers, you haven't heard a damn thing yet because we're, we're getting to the pinnacle of bonkers now. Way back when I discovered on YouTube uh, a film called Who, Ki- Who Killed Captain Alex, made on a budget of virtually nothing uh, by some people in a very, very tiny Ugandan village uh, and they put this action movie together, made on a computer, way past its prime, very basic effects from a long, long time ago. They just used whatever they'd got, and they hadn't got a lot. And I loved it. I <laughs> uh, loved it so much that I bought the DVD versions, signed DVD versions of um, this and another film that I'm going to mention because it's a double bill release. Uh, and they posted it across with some stickers and so on. Uh, they 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 call it. We have Hollywood, but over in Uganda, we've got Wakali Wood. <laughs> so I was absolutely overjoyed when uh, I had an email from One Hundred and One Films saying that they were releasing on Blu-ray a double bill of Who Killed Captain Alex and Bad Black, which I'd never seen. Um, these, <laughs> if you want to experience love of film and love of making film coming out of the screen at you. You've got to watch Who Killed Captain Alex. If you want to um, be very close to peeing yourself laughing <laughs> in, the, in the best, not laughing at, but laughing with yeah. these people, it's incredible. Uh, you can watch it in different ways as well. There's one, there's the, you have the DJs, you've got the disc jockeys of old, but you've got the VJs, the video jockeys. This has running commentary throughout of VJ Emmy. Now, I've talked about, you know, and reviewed loads of films. I always say it's a a beers and mates film. I watched this sober by myself and was in hysterics. (laughs) If you want to organise a night of like-minded movie-watching chums, have a few drinks of choice, put on this with the the running commentary with VJ Emmy, you will you'll have the time of your life with it. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. It's this action film. And like they say, they're just filming it in the little village in Uganda using whatever the hell they can get. And the the effects in it are incredible. <laughs> In, well, I haven't seen this. I've only you, I've we'll only have seen to the uh, trailer for it. We'll have to watch it. But it, it looks so. Oh, you could you. I've <laughs> they're making who killed Captain Alex too, and I joined the patron for it to help them because um, I think there's different levels, and I for the last couple of months I've been giving them. I think it's like five pound a month. Five pound to them is the equivalent of a shit ton more mm. to you and me. It's a lot, a lot of money. Um, the extras on this Blu-ray release from 101 Films, there's some great ones. They interview the filmmakers. They show, oh, my God, it's heartbreaking at times. Of You know, it makes you look at yourself and go, what the fuck am I complaining about? When mm. you see where yeah. they live, how they live, but they've still got this passion for filmmaking and putting this together that's driving them and they're loving doing it. And again, they're just using equipment that's so out of date and they've just made do amend with whatever the hell they can get. It's amazing that they've actually put any films together. So the fact that 101 Films not only put Who Killed Captain Alex but Bad Black together on this double release Blu-ray, 
again, if you're used to listening to the shows, I mean, me and Tom on the Decade of Decadence shows talk a lot about, you know, low mm. budget, weird action films. You know, you've got your, your Samurai Cops, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. You know, the, the list is endless, isn't it? This is even lower than those because they've got no money to play with. They've got no sets or anything. They're just using what they've got. Yeah, Who Killed Captain Alex? The VJ Emmy as your... Um, as the the running commentary through it and just get prepared to be entertained and laugh a lot. It's amazing. It really is amazing. So yeah, well done 101 films for releasing those. And yeah, get on to um get on to who killed uh, Captain Alex 2. Support them. Give them a little bit. Even if you just subscribe on Patreon for one month, it makes a massive difference to them. So, uh yeah, what's my favorite genre film, Dave? Yours? Yes. Historical. It's the Western, Dave. No, you love historical. I love historical films, but my favourite genre is a Western. That's historical. <laughs> okay, awkward. <laughs> Giving the dog coke. Yeah. So um, here's a Western. Now, we watch every Western that comes out, don't we? Oh, yeah. We watch I insist. Loads. Yeah, I mean, I love Westerns too. So yeah, we both good. love Westerns. But uh, for some reason, we never watched The Sisters Brothers. Just yeah. totally passed us both by. Don't know by. why that happened. Yeah, it was really weird. So The Sisters Brothers, it kind of looks like a Western, uh, but it's not really a Western. You could think that, oh, gothic Western maybe, even though Klaus Kinski's not in it. No, no, it's not even a gothic Western. It's, it's more like a... <laughs> A sort of highbrow European film about some men in the West, isn't mm, it? It's yeah. uh, it just so happens to be set in the West. Doesn't yeah, it? it's it's like a French film with gunfights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really, it's one, one way of putting it. So it's America uh, and two brothers, they're murderers and gunfighters for hire. John C. Riley, who plays Charlie, and Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, sorry. No, John C. Riley plays Eli mm. and Joaquin Felix plays Charlie. Uh, they're the brothers called Sisters. <laughs> I know that. It's great. Yeah. Their surname is Sisters. Sisters. So they're the brothers. Yeah. Sisters. Yeah. So so the the Commodore of the town that they live in, who is Rutger Hauer, who doesn't say a word throughout the whole film, he's completely silent, sends them off to kill this man called Herman Warm. And they don't know why. He just says, right, go off, find him, kill him and come back and I'll pay you. But unbeknown to them, the Commodore's also sent someone else who works for him, uh, who's John Morris, who's Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, I had no idea that Jake Gyllenhaal was in this film because mm -hmm. the cover of it, you just see... Uh, Joaquim and John on yeah, the front, dressed yeah. in Western yeah, gear. Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal's a private detective who also works for the Commodore and knows the Sisters Brothers <laughs> <laughs> as well. So when the Sisters Brothers find find out where this, uh, this Herman is, they sort of notice that Jake Gyllenhaal's hanging around as well and go, hang on a minute, what's going on here? There's a bit more to this than we first meet to the eye. And there is, because the man that they're looking for has found, he's a chemist. Mm -hmm. And this is during the gold rush in the Wild West. And this chemist has found a way of 
making gold appear in rivers. So he pours... Well, yeah, well, making it visible. Making it visible. As opposed to yes. magically appear. Yeah, not magically that appear. That would be so cool if oh, you could would, do wouldn't that. It? You'd be Midas then, yeah. wouldn't you? So he pours chemicals into rivers and the gold shines so you can pick it up. But the only problem with this chemical is, is if you get any on your skin, you melt. It's acidic, isn't it? It's, yes. Highly well, acidic. more than that. Yeah. So these two characters of the Sisters Brothers aren't your normal, uh, well, they're, well, they're murderers. Uh, Joaquin being the worst of the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, both performances from John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix are amazing. Joaquin's really horrible. He'll fuck anybody and nick anything, while John C. Riley plays a similar part to, um, oh, God, that film, that musical, Chicago, blah, blah, where he's really, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. You're all shouting at me now going, it's Chicago, blue, blue. I can't think of the other word. But he's a really sympathetic character. He cares about his brother. Uh, Charlie doesn't care about Eli at all. He could just die and he wouldn't even notice. Uh, and it's... It's sort of juxtapositioned with the the story of the sisters brothers chasing Jake Gyllenhaal's character mm-hmm. and the chemist who's Riz Ahmed, and they're burgeoning. You know, because Jake Gyllenhaal's found him, he could quite easily kill him. But when the chemist tells him what he can do and how much money they can make, mm-hmm. he says, "Let's run away together and let's go and find a load of gold." And I think the sisters' brothers might be after you, but I'll protect you, so don't worry. So they become real friends with a real love for each other, don't they? And yeah, become really yeah. close and and they want to use the money that they, they the gold that they find, they want to use the money to make like a utopian society. Yeah. Make a town that where everything's good and food's affordable and you know, there's no fighting or prostitution or alcohol while the sisters' brothers are galloping after them because they want to shoot the chemist in the head. <laughs> so the film carries on and it's just really twisty-turny and surprising. Again, not mm-hmm. going to give you any spoilers. The ending being the biggest surprise of all. It's incredible, the ending. It just makes you... Again, I can't tell you. It's good though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, because... You watch so many films and mm. you're... You just know what's going to happen. 20 minutes in and you know what's going to happen. You know, and sometimes that's good. Yeah. But other times you're thinking, oh, because the filmmakers want you to be surprised by the ending and it's just like so obvious early on, whereas this mm. went, wee, yeah. that's good. Yeah. 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 So that's The Sisters Brother, highly recommended. Did look good as well. It, it a, did look it amazing. 4K re- release, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, I guess that leaves us with our two favourites, which is what we do at the end of the shows. Um, leave the best till last. Mm. How can you have the best out of the great it's, recommendations yeah, we've already given? Yeah, it's very given? difficult, actually. It, is. it was really tricky to mm. uh, pick our favourites, especially as it's been 13 months that we're covering. Yeah, What's your favourite yeah. over the last like year and a little bit? So, Tina, what did you pick as your favourite thing that's been reviewed on the website? Mine was a toss-up, uh, so I'm not going to talk about... Cutter's Way in depth. Uh, it's a film that we both watched for review um, that we'd both seen before. And the first time I saw it, I thought, what's all the fuss about? Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, isn't me so too. Great. Yeah. 
But the second time we both watched it, we were pretty glued to the screen, saw it a lot differently. Again, Um, going back to that, is it because we're older now when you're looking at these films? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. So so it was a toss-up between Cutter's Way and the film that I've picked as my favourite is uh, in its native language, it's called Kurdita, which in English means piggy. Ha <laughs> yeah. So it's about a girl called Sarah. Um, they live in a small village in, I think it's southern Spain. A family of butchers. And Sarah is uh, fat. So, so you could sort of see really why I... I I watch this on a different level because I'm fat and was a fat young girl as well. So recognised a lot of what Sarah was going through. Uh, It's a horror film. Yeah. It is a horror film. Um, She's sullen and she looks a bit smelly. She wears uh, a bikini that's far too... And she is a big girl, isn't she? Oh, yeah. She is a big girl, but wears a bikini. She's quite her suit as well. Um, Her family, more or less ostracise her, but she's difficult. She's always arguing with her mum and dad. And again, you know, uh, we didn't watch a dub version. We watched... subtitles so we watch it in its original language and she is sullen and surly but you can't blame her really because you know her circle of friends in school and I would say she's about 15 or 16 maybe 16 she's definitely gone through puberty her circle of um, friends in school obviously because she's fat decided to take the piss out of her and that circle of friends grew smaller and smaller as they all joined the bullies gang. And now even her best friend, uh, who who actually has a best friends forever bracelet, mm-hmm. that's exactly the same as Sarah's. That's how you know that one of the main bullies used to be her best yeah, friend, yeah. Uh, that they have the same bracelet. Um, she avoids all the confrontations. She runs away. Uh, But she still likes to go swimming at the local Lido. And one day um, she she strips off and she's got this really tight. I mean, the the actress who plays Sarah is really brave um, because nothing is left to your imagination. And, And as a fat girl, I know that I do everything I can to cover myself up. Nobody sees an inch of what is unnecessary. But this actress, she has got a teeny tiny bikini on. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is really brave of her, you know, as a character. But it's pretty obvious that Sarah, the character, you know, it would be normal for her to wear something. You know, Spain's a really hot country as well. So she sort of hides and waits for the bullies to go, gang of girls, couple of lads. Um, And as she's swimming in the pool, she notices this rather odd man staring at her and she becomes really uncomfortable. And uh, she thinks she's going to leave. But just as she's going to get out of the pool, her three main torturers come back. They call her names and then they steal her clothes and her towel. So she has to have the very long, hot walk home in this 
tiny bikini. And you can see as she's walking, her arms are rubbing together, her legs are rubbing together. They look genuinely sore. She's got flip-flops on, you know, and she's like humphalumphing back home. Um, and it's it's a horrible thing to see, which becomes even more horrible when some of the uh, the lads from who were friends with her torturers turn up in a van and it's a very threatening scene because you don't know mm -hmm. if they're yeah. going to rape her yeah. or just beat her or just call her names. But thankfully, uh, the, the strange man in the van appears and shoes them away. Now, this is... An unusual, I mean, Spanish horror films are just the best, aren't they? Not the great, yeah. Twisty, turny, who's the baddie, who's the goodie, what's going to happen? Um, is it like a fat-shaming film? Is it a revenge film? It's both of them, uh, but it's a lot more than that as well. Um, it's it's an uncomfortable watch as well. Uh, oh, God, it... But I have to say that the one thing that stands out about this film is um, people's prejudice towards anything that's different. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that she's a little bit hairy. I mean, the the actress herself, I've seen photos of her and she's really beautiful and she is fat, mm -hmm. but she's really beautiful. Um, so they make her look a lot more unattractive than she genuinely is. Um She's, you know, the, the reviews for this film are great as well. And, you know, across the board, she's been called brave for playing this part. But the thing is, you know, it's like it's everyday life for for people like like Sarah, you know, people who are fat. You know, we do get people do make fun of us, you know, and not behind our backs. I mean, I've been shouted at so many times and the most disgusting. They don't even know me. But because I'm fat, you know, they call, and this is what comes forward in this um, in this film uh, to the point where it, even though it's a sort of revenge fantasy horror film. So obviously I've given the game away by saying revenge. Mm -hmm. um, the people in the film don't change. The, the bullies don't change. In fact, one of the bullies at the point of her horrific death, looks at Sarah and says, Cardita to her, which means piggy. So even though she knows she's going to get killed because she's been taking the piss out of this fat girl, she still calls her a name right at the end. So so it's very psychological as well. Um, and at the end of it, what I took away from it is, is it's sort of like being a pig, People can be pigs because they're horrible. You know, you call somebody a pig if they're rude or horrible or nasty. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that actually Sarah is the only human in the film. Yeah. And everyone else is the pig. Yeah, even though she gets called piggy. Even though she gets called pig are, are all the, the time. Yeah. So the, again, you know, this is a film that probably because it's a Spanish horror film that's... Uh, and I don't think it's on Netflix or Prime. Would have missed a lot of people, you know, passed them by. Wouldn't have given it a second. A lot you would been wouldn't believe the amount of people that won't watch films just because they're in a different language. Oh, you're missing out on some good stuff. <laughs> um, and 
you know, I was really, really difficult. It's always difficult to pick your favourite film. And on reading the list that I'd made just before we came to record today, this was the one that stuck out for me because, uh, again, we watch so many films that they sort of blend into each other. But I can remember everything about Piggy, Mm -hmm. probably because I found it quite personal. Um, It's very well written. It's well shot. It's got real pathos. And I felt complete empathy for the central character. So my favourite film was Cerdita or Piggy. (laughs) Piggy. Piggy, Spanish horror. It's funny you should have picked that. You know, you picked it for personal reasons. And because we don't know what we're going to pick, we we go off and we make our own lists. And we only find out what we've picked while we're recording these shows. Uh, so you pick that for, you know, very personal reasons. And I pick my number one for very personal reasons as well. And it's a live event review. Here's something a little Ooh. bit different. Yeah. And we're going back to May the 27th, um, 2022. And it was, I mean, it's very personal for a few things because it was seeing uh, the band Hardline at the Tivoli mm. venue, yeah. um, which I'm sure regular listeners, you've heard me talk about many times and you've seen reviews of us. Um, going there, uh, but not for a while because this gig was the first gig post-pandemic. Yes. It had been like, you know, trapped inside, not seen live music for a good few years. Yeah. And this was the very first one. So it was very special with that. Hardline, a band I've loved for decades anyway. Uh, I'd previously done an interview show. God, there's so many gratuitous plugs for interview <laughs> shows in this. Uh, with uh, the lead singer-songwriter jo- Johnny Gioelli. I've uh, done a show with him. Go check that out. That's on YouTube as well. <gasps> oh, and Sorry, listen. I need an ice cream. In the, I, don't know Quick. You, I don't know if you Quick. caught that in ice the background. Queen. There was the ice cream van has gone past. Run. Oh, my gosh. Run. The show's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's ice cream time. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, if I thought we could actually make it to the ice cream van, time, I'd be down we'd there. We'd be there. Yeah. We'd be there. A flake, a 99. A 99. Oh. With red sauce. Oh. Oh. Old school. Oh. Oh. <laughs> sprinkles. Mm. Oh. No, I wouldn't have no, sprinkles. Actually, no, I wouldn't. You know no, what? No, 99, just a red sauce. Yeah. And a, fl- and a flake. A flake. And push the flake right down yeah, into the cone. but you can't now because the, they do. You remember it used to be, his as being big old flakes. twats. It used to be a big flake, didn't and it? And little tiny things. Now it's things, a little farty like, flake. Oh, it's no point, and it's like, it? And they charge you a pound for it as yeah. well. It's probably pound fifty now. Probably. Oh, it's great living in Britain. <laughs> Is it called a 150 now instead of a 99? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's how much it costs. <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I? Yeah. Johnny Gioelli, um, the vocalist and songwriter of the band Hardline. I'd done a show with him. And then, as does happen with interview shows, I talk a little bit to the guests before and afterwards as well. Uh, you know, there's always quite a bit that doesn't make it to the actual released show. So we got talking and we got talking uh, about where I work. So I've mentioned it before. So I teach at a, a charity-run college for 16 to 25-year-olds with learning differences and disabilities. And I mentioned to him um, that two of them are massive Sonic fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Crush 40 fans. So Johnny's in a band called Crush 40 that have done a lot of the songs for the Sonic the Hedgehog songs. So, and this, remember, when I interviewed him was a year previous. This was in like 2021. Mm. Oh, and the, 
It's teasing the me, Dave. The ice cream van is, is... I hope people can hear it in the background because it's just gone past <laughs> the window. <laughs> now, I'm disappointed because... It's not the 18. Yeah, the last time the the ice cream van went past, it was a really shit version of the 18 theme. It was like half the, the chimes weren't working. But you people could... who don't live in Britain won't know what that music is. Yeah, they won't know that it's match no, of the day. Match of the day music, yeah. which is like the premier football programme on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, on BBC One in Britain, there. There. I'm anyway, glad we told the, you that. The ice cream van twice rudely interrupted my personal story of my number one <laughs> yeah. pick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I interviewed Johnny. It was like a year previous in, you know, the summer of 2021. And uh, we had this conversation after the show when I mentioned about where I work and the two students. And he said, he gave an open invitation. He said, right, he said, if ever I'm in the UK and I'm close to where you are, please bring them and I'll meet them and you know we can do autographs and photographs and whatever you want anyway a year passes by and he gave me his personal email address yeah he said if ever you do here's my personal email address and um i kept it safe obviously you know we're given a lot of personal details Mm. of people and we always keep them very safe and um a year passes by and the tivoli which is you know 40 minute drive from us announces that hardline are going to play johnny gole of course being the vocalist so I emailed him and said, oh, hi, Johnny, you might remember me, I'm Dave, and talked about the students. And not only did he remember, he was very gracious. He said, right, yeah, bring them mm. um, before the show starts and we'll meet and blah de blah de blah um, Anyway, we got there, uh, to cut a long story short, I took the two students, I took their faces when I told them <laughs> that they were going to go to the gig. Neither of them had mm. ever been to a music no. gig. No. So that was the first. I don't know. think that that's the only one they've ever been to. The only ever. one they've ever been to, ever. Yeah. Imagine that's your first gig and you're going to actually meet your hero as well. Um, so we went and we didn't meet him before the show because, you know, they were, they were busy doing stuff, but we were up. We've got a special place at the TIV that we looked down on the stage for. Uh, and these two, these two young lads were like so excited. And <laughs> then partway through the gig, um, Johnny shouts out, where are my Crush 40 guys? So, you know, he remembered yeah. and he gave them yeah. the shout out and they're like, yeah, it's me, it's me. And then after the gig, um, we went upstairs into the into the green room and we met him and he was so lovely. Yeah. Was, he, you know, he had, he gave them way more time than anybody mm. else would really give them. Yeah. He was chatting to them. He answered all the questions. He signed stuff that they took for him. We had photographs taken. So the... The combination of it being the first live gig for mm. a few years, yeah. you know, because of the pandemic... Then mixed in with its Norsen band that I like, with it being Hardline. Then tie into the fact that I've got these two lads that have never been to a gig before. They're meeting the hero and just like seeing their faces because mm. you saw. I think you saw a picture. Yeah. And like the faces yeah. were, were a picture. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. So that's that's why it's my number one sort of review since we last recorded because it was just like. It was an amazing gig. It was an amazing experience, and you know there's two lads out there. One of them is still at the college. And he still talks about it to this day. I bet like, he does. Oh, yeah. Have you heard off Johnny lately? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's number one for me. That was uh, one of those life experiences that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks to Johnny being an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and if you've yeah. not heard Hardline or any of Johnny's music, go and check it out. Yeah, he's and great. And support him because people yeah. like that. Yeah, they're rare, proper, aren't they? Real, true, actually, genuinely, gentlemen yeah, deserve yeah. to be supported in every way possible. Uh, as do we. We deserve to be supported in every way possible. And it's easy to do that. 
go to, go to that the was website. a good swerve that oh, was Dave I see that professional that's 11 years of podcasting for you. you wouldn't think so the way we began the bloody show an ice cream interrupting it and all sorts of shit you'd think we're far from professional uh, just go to 60mw.co.uk numerical 60 not alphabetical that's the website where everything is links to our social media the best social media to follow us on is Twitter which is at 60MW Podcast. If they want to follow you, Tina, what's the best thing? I think Instagram for you, really, isn't it? Yeah, I've got two Instagrams. I've got an art Instagram, which is art by Tina. And I've got a film Instagram as well, which is Spanky Spangler. Mm -hmm. Spanky Spangler with two two E's. Um, Yeah, so so if you want to follow Mm -hmm. me, you can take your pick, really. Do you want to see beautiful paintings by my art? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to hear me talk shit about films constantly? <laughs> well, you have got your art website as well. Just I mean, let's yes. plug that while we're here as yeah, well. Yeah. If they want to go yeah. to artbytinaar.co.uk. Yes, yeah. Go there and yeah. all the artwork that you do is on there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't updated it for a while though. I've been too busy actually doing art. And, <laughs> I guess, so that's good. This is it about being an artist. You've got to advertise yourself and it's really you have a choice between either putting stuff online hmm. or actually painting. Yeah. So I always choose to paint, which yeah. is a bit it's no good, is it? I need to be like Damien Hurst and have a factory. I thought you were going to say and have a cock. I've <laughs> got to be like David Hurst. You've got one of them, and, thank you. Do you want to say it? Look. God, that's quite, quite big, isn't it? That's quite shocking actually. Do you want to touch it? <laughs> Uh, the oh yeah and you can leave us a review leave us a review that's always yeah. nice we've not been left a review by anybody for a while and if no. you do leave one somewhere um, hit us up on Twitter or email and let me know because if you leave the, there's so many places you can leave reviews you could leave one and I'll never see it if you don't yeah. tell me about it Yeah. so that yeah. would be a very nice thing to do do you think they could be asked though you I know how know. idle they all are well that's a good way insult them yeah, ask them to do true, something though. and then insult it's them it's true get off your asses and leave us a review <laughs> The plan is, and I know after so many years of doing this, should never make plans, but I'm going to say it anyway. The plan now is for these review roundup shows to be quarterly, every three months. So let's hope that it's not another 13 months before. Let's hope we do that one. neither of us become seriously ill in yeah, the next Let's three hope months. for no more hospital visits and operations <laughs> yeah. and really bad health issues. Yeah. And we can be back in three months doing yeah. another one. Or pregnancies. Phase. Pregnancies, yeah. Although, or, um, although, yeah, my belly is expanding a little bit, so maybe. So I don't is know. mine. I might be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, be, we could well be back in three months. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, back with the re- review roundup shows. Uh, please keep checking out the website and read the reviews too. If you've got any favourite ones, uh, reviews or, or anything at all, send us an email. We're always happy to read stuff out on yeah. the different shows that we do. So until next time, um, we're going to run down the street after an ice cream van. <laughs> we'll be chasing it in the car. Ice cream! Stop the ice cream! <laughs> Until then. No, seriously, though, I could really eat an ice so cream. So could I. Then. Let's go yeah. have an ice cream then. Where from? I don't care. There's no way we could catch that up. We're oh. both too, we're too old. Car. We, yeah, but you'd end up crashing into the ice cream van. There'd be blood and guts. and Yeah. And it'd be worth it for an ice cream. Yes, yeah, yeah. true. So Let's go. Bye. Bye.